Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello world, Shelly Shearer here and welcome to the show. I have a very special guest on the show today and I'm very excited. We actually do not know each other personally. We just connected via my podcast actually. Something I said kind of caught Jeff's attention and he reached out to me. Now I'm in Vancouver, Canada. He is in New York City. And whereas I'm a little bit spoiled in the fact that at least I have a yard to get out to, this young man, him and his wife and little, little one, they also have a Siberian Husky and they are apartment bound. So I got to tell you, if anyone can probably give us some information today about keeping chill, this young man can. So his name is Jeff. Have I got this right, Jeff? It's Daza, right? Jeff Daza. Great. And he is an ex- he's a coach actually to executives mm-hmm. and entrepreneurs. And I'm going to get him to tell us a little bit about his story. So what is your story? And then I'm going to ask you to kind of lead that into what took you to being a performance coach. But <laughs> well, start thank with you for, your story first. Well, thank you for having me on this podcast. Um, so super happy to be here, be here. I know we had a few, um, you know, some, some meetings where we collided a little bit where we couldn't meet up, but the universe has plans for all of us. And I, I did listen to one of your podcasts where you mentioned that you mentioned how the universe has these plans for us and, and life is a, is a game and we just have to have fun in this game. And I thought that was really cool because I, I agree with that. I agree mm. how we, we need to just, uh, we should just experience life as, as, as a game and, and just try to make the most of it, try to have fun. And that's, I'm going to tell you a little right. bit how I, I use that in my program. Mm-hmm. But um, how I got started here, just to give you a little bit of background of, of, of who I am. Um, so my parents came over here from Mexico back in the 1970s, late 70s, early 80s. So your second generation? Um, yeah, second generation. Um, we're a family of, of seven, three mm. sisters, two brothers. I'm the youngest. Um, I had a pretty good childhood in terms of my family loved me. Um, my, my brothers and sisters raised me well. My parents raised me well. But I did, get, I did, I did develop this subconscious blueprint where mm-hmm. I see my family work really hard. My parents work really hard to, to, get, to get to where they are, even coming from Mexico to the United States. And, Were they sort of a typical immigrant situation where it's, you know, everybody's working? Yeah, everybody's working. And, and my dad would, would tell me stories how, how he got here, how he got to where he was. Like when he was younger, he was like 14, 15, 16. He would work. He would go to school for about eight hours. Then he would um, travel for about two hours to a city to work another like six, seven hour shift. Oh. Come back home, sleep for like two to three hours and go back to school. So that's, that's how he had it growing up. He needed to provide. He was the oldest of, of his family. And my mother, um, when she was young, she was five years old. She was cleaning houses, rubbing, scrubbing floors, scrubbing bathrooms for like mm-hmm. $4 a day, maybe, maybe even less. Hmm. And like that, that really, when I was younger, I, I wanted to make sure that their sacrifices were worth it. I wanted to make sure that I lived that quote unquote American dream. Right. So I wanted to work hard too. I wanted to work hard in school. I wanted to work hard when I got, um, go through college and get my degrees. And I checked off all those boxes, honestly. I, I got great grades. I went to college. I, um, I graduated college. I went into the workforce, got about four or five promotions in like five or six years. And I worked really hard, but 
that really affected uh, my relationship with myself in terms mm-hmm. of who I was, you know, living that, that rat race, uh, like burning out all the time, but it, it mostly affected my relationship with my wife. And that's where, um, you know, it got, it got to a point where we were just arguing every single night and we got to a point when we just were about to, about to divorce and call mm-hmm. it quits. Um, so that's when I realized that I needed to change, something needed to change for me. And the first thing that I saw in the mirror when I, when I realized that I needed to change was, was myself, my weight. I wasn't happy with the way I looked. Wasn't happy in your with- bio, you gave me some information when you, you put that in there. I went, no way, because you're such a slim fellow <laughs> and very fit. I thought, oh, life, because re- it really does. And I like how you say, actually, just to take you back to that for a second, that you checked all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Like we have this blueprint that, you know, we need to do this, this and this. And it's check, check, check without actually thinking, is this what the path I really want to be on? Is this the life and relationship I'm really looking for? But all the boxes are checked. Yes. Yes. So and, you were and unhappy I- with your weight and, and your physical just health. That was the first thing I saw in the mirror. I mean, I knew something didn't feel right. I knew I wasn't happy in general, but I didn't know what to change. But I did know that what I saw in the mirror, I did not like. I wasn't happy with it. I wasn't happy with, you know, waking up with low energy. I wasn't mm-hmm. happy with going through my routine like, like a robot, a little bit binary. Yeah. Coming, coming home tired, exhausted, trying to work, work through my lunch breaks, work through everything. And I would get home, you know, go to the kitchen, grab a bag of Doritos, sit down on the couch and, and then just eat the Doritos and watch TV until I would fall asleep. Like I had basically no relationship with my wife anymore. Right. So I, I wasn't happy with that. She wasn't happy either with how things were going. And I didn't want, I was about to lose her. I was about to lose my condo. I was about to lose my dog. We didn't have the child at the, at the time, but I know deep down in my gut, I did not want to lose all of that. So I knew I needed to make a change. And the first thing that I saw in the mirror was my weight. I was about 205 pounds at the time, um, six feet tall. And I ended up losing over 40 pounds in one year. Wow. I lost actually 25 in two months. Um, so it was a little bit extreme. Yeah. I, I, was, uh, I, was, I was running a lot, running a lot of miles a day. Um, okay. I just, Were you running before? Or was this something you took up? So I, I, I'm 30 now. So when I was in college, about 18 to 22, I was uh, athletic. So okay. I knew I knew the routines I needed to do to get back in shape. But no, I wasn't a runner. I was I wasn't I was not doing anything. I was a couch potato. So it was yeah. um, it, it had no physical activity, no movement. Uh, movement is one of the, the six pillars of high performance that I teach. Yeah. But I wasn't doing anything. And uh, I knew that one of the first things I had to do was I had to move. I needed to I needed to just get the chemicals moving in my body. Right. So I did that. Um, I, I said to myself that every time I wanted to quit, I knew that if I quit, I would go back to that life I was living, which was I was really unhappy. But as I started to move, you know, I, I just started to feel better, the feel good hormones, serotonin. I started, started to feel real good in my body, and my mind. And from there, I started to put together some other pieces of how what what would make me feel good, like what would make me feel good in life in general. So and one step what, led to the next step to the next awareness. Exactly. So it was, a, it was a combination of things over a year that, that it really helped me out. Uh, definitely changed my story. Um, I was talking to you about my, my whole subconscious blueprint about wanting to live this American dream and make my parents happy and make sure mm-hmm. that I was quote unquote successful in their eyes. But by trying to live that dream and that was my story prior, I was making myself unhappy and making my wife unhappy and this, my life was unhappy. My life was not great. I'm um, not sure how we came out of the 70s and 80s thinking that the American dream or Canadian dream, the North American dream looked 
this way. I always make fun if you, uh, my regular listeners know I make fun a little bit of the 80s and the girl power crap that went on there. Not the girl power stuff, the women can have it all stuff where we're going to go out and be executives and we're going to raise 3.5 children and keep a home without a housekeeper. And I'm just thinking, super women, where did we think this was an improvement? (laughs) And they're all burnt out by the end of the turn of the century. And it's like, what were we thinking? Yeah, I mean, that's someone's story. Someone thought of it, and I guess it, someone, a lot of people ran with it. Um, it but was great for the talk show circuit, you know. <laughs> great for, for the news, social media. Um, <laughs> I, I try to stay away from the news as much as possible, just with everything going on, another trigger. I'm trying to stay away from that. Just try to understand the things I need to know, um, just for my yes, safety and health. Yes, because right now, actually, I, I've put it, I've... Um, I've been playing with my social media, getting myself a little more educated because, man, what I didn't know was quite scary. And just trying to make it look a little more professional and also just to be able to reach out to people to give them positive uh, affirmations for the day. And I just keep warning people lately because I got sucked in myself. I was like, get off it. Once a day, check the news. But you, that is not a high-functioning habit. You know, we talk about the scrolling, which was just, you know, maybe six months ago wasting time. But now we're just feeding this fear and stuff. And again, it's, it's still back to like negative, 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 mm-hmm. you know, not what you want to feed your, your mind. Now, you know, because you found me that I, I high functioning habits is, is my brand. And we talk about that, not living in regret. So the listeners now know a little bit about how you came to where you came to this crux of like, my life has got to change or it's all going to go down the toilet mm-hmm. type idea. And no one wants to go through a divorce and, and <laughs> potentially lose their jobs and these types of things. I mean, but it's funny because a lot of people are, excuse me, are like the frog in the hot water. They get into it when it's cold and then the heat goes up and they don't jump out until they're dead. But if someone drops you in hot water, you're like, hey, you don't want to be here. So we, we get used to that. So what advice would you give someone? Because obviously you, you clearly, like you say, you coach high performance. Helping people yes. feel, get, be successful in their life, but be successful in their life not just exactly. their job. <laughs> exactly. Become superhuman. That's what I like to tell people. Master your habits, bulletproof your mind, bulletproof your body, become superhuman. Reach those goals that you want to reach that you're feeling stuck in and, and not feeling like you don't know what the next step is. Okay. So and, you have a thing, a theory called the player one theory. Explain yeah. that to us. Yeah. The player one theory. Um, you ever notice, do you have any uh, kids, nieces or nephews? I have a 32 year old son and an eight year old granddaughter. Granddaughter. Did your granddaughter um, play any video games? No, because her father was a gaming addict. <laughs> so we've Perfect already example. dealt with that in our life. So he's quite strict about it. <laughs> gaming addicts. And this is something that I, I've caught on to the strategies that these gaming in- industries love to, to, to use on us, and especially um, teenagers. Because I have, a, I have a, my brother-in-law is a teenager. He loves, he loves video games. He plays all the time. But yeah. this player one theory here is basically, if you tell a kid you can be anything and anyone you want for an hour and you can travel the world. You can get on the airplane, take any car you want, take, mm-hmm. do anything you want. That kid would, would sign up for that, for that one hour, any time of the day. So Absolutely. you're, you're, you're essentially All telling someone. Long. Exactly. And this is why, this is why they become addicted to it. Become addicted to them becoming someone else for, for an hour. Mm-hmm. This is what I teach my clients too, is that you can decide who you are any time of the day when you wake up middle of the day at night, but that story or that theory that you have now is, is what's stopping you from taking that next step, from, from experiencing something new that you want to experience. Mm. So when, 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 we help bring, when I help bring the awareness to, the, to them and help them understand their story and 
essentially create their own next chapter in their book, they start to see new patterns in what they, how they think, how they move, how they, how they show up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. We really dealt with it from 14 to 17 and y- you described it right, like nailed it right on the head. He walked into that world and became someone else. It became like his code and he brought that into the real world, which there was just no connection to reality there at all. It was very, very strange. So usually what happens with someone like yourself and myself that when we coach or whatever, we have a certain skill. Now I kind of joke about that my ability to create new habits is like a superpower (laughs) because I've, I've mastered it in my life to a certain extent and it's gotten me through a lot of changes. What would you, what was your, through your growth and your change, what became your unique skill that you bring to the table for your clients and in your life, just in general, really? I would say one, one skill that I, I really, um, I'm really proud of, of developing. It's a, it's a soft skill. It's the skill to listen. And when you, when you really develop that superpower and really understand someone's story, because not everyone has the same story, not everyone has the same path. So each, each time I, I coach a different client, it's, they're, they're going at their own pace. Mm-hmm. So when you learn to listen, to listen to what they're saying and listen with the intent to, to hear someone, not with the intent to respond, um, the other person appreciates it. And they appreciate it so much that they want to listen to you. They want to see your feedback to your advice. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, when you develop that type of relationship, then that influence behavioral change. And you're never forcing someone to, to do something. Like I never force someone to do anything with my program. It's more about behavioral change, understanding your patterns, how you think, Absolutely. your habits. And from, they'll change on their own. And that's the amazing part. That's what I love seeing, how people change on their own. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a huge part of like, just choose and then get someone like yourself to come and help you do that. Because it's funny, we get stuck in our own little limiting beliefs and our own little boxes. And all it just takes is you making a mental decision that you just want out of that box. Yes. So what's a 100%. common myth that you can share with the listeners about high performance? It's a really big kind of catchphrase right now. You've got, you know, the, the books out there and, and I not, when I teach um, high functioning habits, it's more about because I had an illness and I had some things in my life. It's about being as high functioning as you can be in any area of your life. Not, I don't really focus on business or even just life. It's just as the individual. But mm-hmm. what's one of the biggest myths that you come across in people that want to be higher performers mm-hmm. and are just struggling? One thing I would say is um, a lot of people view high performance as this tall task, as it being super hard. And I, I want to de- debunk, debunk that myth because I, I feel like by you thinking it's super hard, you're never taking that first step to start. Right, all. exactly. It's an impossible mountain to climb. Exactly. It's like, it's like someone, like when you tell a marathon runner, run 26 miles. It's like if I tell someone to run 26 miles, how do you start that? You start with one step first and the next step then the next step. And by really focusing on that step at a time and living in that present moment, you start to build enough momentum and energy to reach whatever goal you want to reach. And the power, have you ever read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle? Oh yes, absolutely. (laughs) One of my favorite books, almost changed my life. It did change my life. Um, When I first hired my first coach, he was a personal coach. He introduced me to this book and it helped me understand that, you know, I can't control my future. Mm -hmm. I have to let go of my past. And the present moment is the only moment you'll ever have. Exactly. So when you constantly reinforce that, you stop to stress over things. You stop sure. to stress over things that if you're not in immediate danger, if you're not getting chased by a lion or you're not about to get <laughs> by a car, then you exactly. shouldn't stress over it, right? And that's, yeah. this COVID-19 is a perfect example where, where, where we're, we're, we're stressing over this, 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 um, this disease that hasn't happened to us yet, or this, I'm sorry, this um, virus that hasn't got to us yet and it's causing us to, to freak out or to, to, to just distress in general. 
But if it hasn't happened yet, don't worry about this. Take the precautionary measures you can, wash your hands, um, physical distancing. It's kind of like driving a car, right? Like when you drive a car, you don't stress out about getting into a car accident or or hitting someone. You just drive because you've developed your own habits for it. Of course, exactly. So, so yeah, the, the high performance being hard, I think that's the theory that I want to debunk really. Good. I'm glad because yeah, it's, it's a huge hurdle for me with people and they're thinking that it's all about perfection and that it's too hard for them to try. It's no, it's not. I saw a really cute, uh, it's an ex NFL player and I'm sorry, I don't know. I can't remember his name, but I did give him credit on the Instagram post where he says, you know, this virus is going to mess with your mind and your life long before it ever messes with your body because that's the media just loves all the fear and they just love everyone going crazy. And it's like, it, like you say, I hadn't even found someone, I didn't even know anyone yet with the virus mm-hmm. and yet people's mental and emotional state, has really just gotten out of control. It's like, guys, what's the other saying? Um, if you worry about it before it happens, you get to worry about it twice, something along those lines. And again, why would you want to do that? Yeah, the people's fight or flight response and it's it is activating and it's because of their story. It's it's because yes. they they haven't they're not living in the present moment. No, and exactly. I'm with you. That book very much changed things for me. I was I was in that. I was only a couple of years out of you know, my fibromyalgia and getting back to work and really having a life again. And there was just a lot of apprehension there and a lot of regret in the past. That book was just like just re-leveled me. So yes, everyone, if you have not listened to the power read or listened to audio power of now, please get on that because those types of mind Mm -hmm. shifts are all part of the journey. So give me one thing that one of your, your program did for one of your clients that you really didn't expect. Cause I always love that when I'm working with someone, it's like, Oh, we didn't see that one coming, but it just turns out so perfectly. So I was working with a client. His name was Adan. He was a father. He was a father of three, um, businessman. He owned his own business really stressed out. He was, he came to me, he was not in shape, um, overweight, pre-diabetic, quote unquote, obese in in his his physician's terms. Mm -hmm. Um, Always stressed out. And we got, uh, when I started working with him, he he told me, you know, Jeff, I want to have energy like you. I want to, I want to feel really good. And over the course of two months, he ended up losing around 23 pounds, Mm -hmm. um, which was great. He felt great. He looked, he, he, he liked the way he looked, but he told me he was being uh, he was being kinder to his kids, and he told me that he would tell his kids he loved them every single night. And like after a few weeks, four weeks, his kids would start coming to him and hugging him randomly, and that was really touching to me because I have a daughter now. At the time, I didn't have right. a daughter, but when you can change your energy and change the way you show up for your family, and mm-hmm. now your kids' blueprint is being is being molded to to your energy. That's what I love the most because that that's going to affect future generations. Now it's not just his life; it's his kids' lives, it's his kids' kids' lives, his kids' friends' lives. And that's why I love what I do because because of moments like that. And is have is as excuse me has becoming a father changed some of your perspectives as well with dealing with your clients? I always just I just love how you know we as coaches do not know everything. Even at my age in my fifties, I do not know it all. It is just I've experienced more things than some people. And every day and week I experience more and I bring that to the table. I'm assuming this is going to be a rather big one for you. <laughs> that's, that's really funny that you mentioned that because I do have a lot of dads specifically reaching out to me because they see how I interact with my child, with my daughter, with my mm-hmm. wife. And, and yes, this has changed a lot for me because I, I understand how much it takes to raise a daughter. It's not, it's not easy. It's not simple, right? 
but it's because it's another human who needs to experience more. And we, the, the, the goal is to give her as many, not to teach her things, but to have her experience as much as she can so she can come out of life with her own understanding of how everything works. Oh, so, brilliant. So, I love how you say that. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I love is like we go to school so they can teach us, but they don't teach us how to think. They teach us what to think. My coach uses that one all the time, and I always laugh. First time I heard it, I laughed and went, oh, actually, that is very true. Because when I was raising my son, one of the things for me was, was just a huge thing of, you will become a functioning member of society, a, a contributing, sorry, a contributing member to society. And if you don't want to become a conspiracy theorist, then you better learn to look at things and form your own opinions. You know, even history, it's written by the victors. So, I mean, get both sides of the equation. <laughs> I 100% agree with you on that. I wrote actually a few posts, a few content on that on, you know, it's, we shouldn't be taught to, we sh like we're, we're, our whole lives, we're, we're learning from authoritative figures, either our teachers, our mm -hmm. parents, our friends, friends, parents, and we're learning what they learned. Exactly. And, and because of that, we, we, we end up building these habits or this mindset of how they think, but it's not your thoughts. It's not your thoughts, it's nope. their thoughts. So, so yeah, that's what I'm trying to do with my daughter. It's this whole experience is I'm just trying to, first, I want to give her as much energy as possible. And you know, energy, just you share energy with everyone. Of course. Like, We're energetic beings. <laughs> exactly. I, one of the examples I like to show, um, to show my clients is that when you're at a party, everyone at the party has high energy, everyone else feeling good. But the opposite end of that, we had a funeral everyone else feels bad and you can feel that energy throughout. So that right there, I try to have as much high energy as possible or good energy in my household because that's really what's helped me. One, um, not stress. Two, we have not, I have not fought with my, with my wife at all. Uh, my daughter's always happy. My dog is always happy. And that's the goal. The goal is to have high energy, high momentum and just live a happy life. Absolutely. What would you tell your 18 year old self if you could go back and do that? My 18 year old self. Um, I would tell him something like everything happens for a reason. Like everything's happening for you, not to you. Um, so just be aware of, of your, your feelings, how things are, are feeling in your body, how things are. Be aware of the signs, what's going on, and just understand that, you know, that moment that you're in is for you to, to learn about the experience and to grow from it. I love the fact that just as a consciousness on the planet right now, we are very, you hear it from, motivational speakers you hear it from pastors you hear it from everyone like it's a lesson people it's a lesson and your past is no place to pitch a tent okay that's always one thing i say a lot it's like because i hung on to my past for a long time so it's it's a personal experience for me that i've moved forward but yes it's a lesson and if we can raise our kids not to think that they're bad or they are wrong it's just you made a mistake now let's learn the lesson is this what you're going to choose next time Yes, you know, yes or no. And again, that's, that helps them think for themselves. Mm -hmm. Were you born and raised in New York? Yeah, born and raised in Manhattan. Okay, so, you're so is most of your coaching practice in your area? It's, it's virtual. So oh, is it, I, it's I, all because everything's online. So how do people get in touch with you and, and, and what do you have to offer? Uh, people can get in touch with me. I'm very active on Facebook, um, Instagram, uh, my website, jeffdaza.com. Excellent, um, thank you. On my website, I have a, you can download a free copy of my ebook. If you want the six pillars of high performance, I'll put that in the link of the podcast, folks. So if you if you're wondering how to get in touch with Jeff, or you're on that, yeah, I have anywhere my, this on is my all, website this is too. You want to talk about? I will put yeah, it in I have um, um, a link to my smart performance blueprint. You can check out that program too and see how how that works. 
Um, I've worked with clients all over the States, um, okay. work, work with clients in Florida, Boston, New York. Um, usually it's, it's usually coming from different referrals and which is pretty cool because people, I guess they love my program so much that they refer it to their friends and that's how they come to me, but everything's virtual. Um, I, I built a program, an accountability program. Uh, called, have you heard of Asana? Asana people use that for, for uh, managing their business. Oh, okay. Yeah, I use that. I've, I've built a program in there. So that's how I connect with my clients. Um, okay. So we, we usually go around what kind of goals that they want. Some people want to lose weight. Some people want to have a better job. Some people just want to be happy. Right? They yes. say, I just want to be happy. Um, and then we, we go from there. We have these one-on-one sessions. Um, we have this daily accountability plan for, for, for the week. So I put them through these six pillars of high performance. So one, number one, starting with mindset. I think that's the most important pillar. If you really oh, want to, yeah, absolutely. You really want to perform at a high level. You really want to master your habits. That's the one that you have to change your story first. Yes. Um, so we put them through that. Uh, it's about a week or two. Sometimes for some people, it's two to three weeks. Um, and then from there, we end up going to the second pillar, which is diet. You have to be make sure you're feeding your body the right mm-hmm. nutrition. Make sure that um, it, your gut. You have the good gut to brain connection. Yeah. Um, so Doritos a, isn't really cutting it day after day. <laughs> Doritos is not cutting it. Uh, you know as, that as personally. Your, as, as your main source, but it's, I mean, it, I tell my clients all the time that it's, it's okay to have it. It's not, you shouldn't Absolutely. deprive yourself from it, um, but it shouldn't be your main source of, of nutrition. Um, <laughs> second, that's my second pillar. Third pillar is okay. movement, movement or exercise. Um, if you don't, if you're not moving your body, you're staying still, then your, your body's always going to feel stuck. It's going to feel stuck. I tell my clients, I used to feel stuck to the couch because I was never moving. Right. So you have to go to the gym for two to three hours a day. I used to be like that, but I burned out from that um, and it wasn't sustainable. I only work out 20 minutes a day. Um, and from there, uh, some people just walk 10,000 steps a day. Right. Or, or they just, you know, they just get their body moving, do some jumping jacks at home. But that's an important pillar for sure, because uh, it's, you, you have to keep your body moving, keep your body alive in order for you to really perform at a high level. Well, we, were, we were made to move. We are movement people. Uh, which is why I kind of rearranged my desk and stuff. I cannot sit in this chair for like eight hours in a day. Uh, I've got to be able to stand for part of it. And your Facebook, you're very transparent, uh, folks. He's very transparent. His life, if you catch him, get him, get him on Facebook and, and look him up, he posts his life and his morning routine. And it's right there. And this is what I do every day. And I'm assuming that if someone walked into your home and had a hidden camera, they would just catch you doing exactly what you said you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Morning routine is so powerful. You have to win your morning. I tell people, yes, I tell my clients. Yes. I, I would have to really agree with that. If you win so your morning, that's you teach people to move. What's your fourth point in, in your program? The fourth pillar is recovery and rest. Good. Um, your body should recover well overnight because if it doesn't recover well overnight, you're going to wake up with low energy. You're going to make bad decisions. You're not going to win your morning, which is going to lead to a series of bad decisions. Yeah. So that right there, we really focus on uh, night routines, uh, putting, putting the phone away um, and stop eating two to three hours before bed so that your body can really recover and not have yeah. to digest that food overnight. Um, little routines like that, that really, that really make the big difference. They do. That's why I teach in high functioning habits. It's, it's not about always the big things. It's the little things you do consistently. You know, I always say something you do 80% of the time is a good habit. Um, Everyone's got a cheat day. Everyone's got a, I was just too tired to get to that right now. Or I just, you know what? This is just not the day. But you need to get back on that horse within a day or two and keep those habits consistent. Yes. And what's your fifth pillar? Fifth pillar is environment. Um, really maximizing your environment, um, whether that's at home or in your mm-hmm. workplace or with your friends and how that environment is really influencing your decision-making, your habits, 
of how you show up for yourself. So we really focus on that and dial in with more awareness towards what's going on with your environment. Excellent. Yeah. And the sixth pillar is, sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead. Finish that thought. The sixth pillar is habits in general. So now we bring it all together. We want to we really want to focus on setting some good routines and habits that's, that's going to help accelerate your growth within the, la- the first five pillars and for the rest of your life. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, so things have to be sustainable and continuous. Uh, it's, you know, I, I came, I came into living well with shell. It was a name that came cut, cut was a bit of a joke actually from some friends. Cause I liked how it rhymed uh, when I was in a network marketing company and it was about health, but it was really difficult for me to work with people all the time. Cause I've been a health nut my whole life. Uh, the people don't, they don't, everyone just wants to go on a diet and lose their 20 pounds. And then they gain it all back because they made no lifestyle changes or mindset changes. They made no decision about the person they wanted to be. They just made a decision that I just want to lose 20 pounds. That is not even, I can't even, well, you know, you know, like I do, that is just not sustainable and really in anybody's. I always have a, there's a tagline on my, on a lot of my stuff, you know, willpower will only get you so far and then you better have a plan because it's that sheer determination. That's where I discovered my high functioning habits thinking I thought it was just powering through all the time. It's like, no, I would change my life and rearrange things and, and create new little habits that just kept my mo- momentum forward. And I thought we need to share this. We need to talk to other people about this. Yes. So, I agree. hundred percent systems. We're at this point in our life. What are your thoughts about the future? I mean, a lot of, I mean, I hear there's a lot of doom and gloom. People are losing their jobs, coaching people, you know, our clients are like, I don't have expendable income, but I look at this situation for me and I just think other people are going to go down the rabbit hole, but there's going to be this whole group of people that I believe are going to wake up. Life is about to change in a really big way. And I think in ways that may take a, a while to truly unfold, but something had to change. We really couldn't go on the way we were, we were kind of going on. So what do you see kind of in your future as far as working with people? Do you, see, do you kind of see the same thing, that hope and that, that thought process that there's going to be people that are going to keep wanting to wake up and do better and be better prepared next time? 100%. And I, I think with, with everything that's going on now, it's a great opportunity for people to really understand that, like for example, the people that are really quarantined understand their decision making their awareness what they're doing every day how they're spending their time right we have um, my one of the things i like to say is that energy is your number one asset because without energy you can't do anything with your time no exactly how's your energy that's the first question i would ask people how are you feeling do you feel okay do you feel great do you feel like you're you're doing your best are you achieving your best and that's the first question i would say and then if the answer to that is no okay what are you doing every single day to, to feel that way and what's what are your habits look like because that's really what, what what happens with people is people don't understand that they're stuck in this habit loop right there's a there's a three-step process to, to a habit it's it's a, a trigger a behavior and a reward mm-hmm. see cookie eat cookie feel good right that's right so this three-step process people get stuck in doing all the time because they get that hit of dopamine they feel really good after that third step but they never get to that fourth step which is what is the long-term impact on this habit and when you start to really implement that fourth step, and when I tell people from the third to fourth step, just snap out of it, snap out of it and, and think about your long-term impact. You're, now you're developing new neurons to your brain to, to, to stop that habit loop. So, so yeah, I think this is a good opportunity for people to understand you know, what they want, who they want to be in it. And like I mentioned before, I've been attracting a lot of dads who are struggling with this time, with this whole quarantine, because one, they're not used to being next to their family all the time, their wife. That, in that quantity kids. of time. Yes, I agree. Yeah. With that quantity of time. And it's stressing a lot of people out. 
I just had a dad reach out to me yesterday who said that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going through a divorce now and, you know, I, I just can't get it. I just can't get on the same page with, with, with my soon to be ex-wife and it's affecting our kids. And that really struck me because uh, it's going to affect the kid's blueprint. It's going to affect the kid's blueprint in the future. So one thing that I do feel like this is a good opportunity is working specifically with dads, dads that need this help, right? Because I'm a dad. I understand this whole baby can't sleep, baby's always crying, um, and, and how that all is affecting people's energy. And I want to help that other dads realize that if you have good systems in place and you really understand how the other person's uh, energy is, is working and you can really, you know, you can really make it work for you. I agree. If you can understand the person you're with and their habits, even I talk a lot about often uh, understanding people's love languages, understanding their communication styles, because these things all break down in stressful situations, which is why you've got dads reaching out to you because their whole kind of program just crashed and it's like, oh, <laughs> it's a wake up call. Like you mentioned. Yes, very much so. Have you read, um, what was it called? The tiny, tiny habits, small changes that change BJ Fogg. He's a PhD guy. I've heard of it. I haven't read it, but I've heard of it. You, the reason I asked is because you literally just quoted something almost identical to him. So folks, first thing, be really clear. Uh, folks like Jeff and I, we are not coming up with, you know, the cure for cancer as far as an uh, original thought. A lot of what we're teaching, lots of other people teach it. It's just a matter of finding someone that you resonate with. Now, he's a young man, so he's male. He's a father. He's gone through this. You're going to attract a certain clientele. Someone wants to hear your message and you're going to appeal to them and you're going to resonate with them. So I read a lot of these and listen to them in Audible. And I always find it quite interesting because, you know, I've done, uh, what's the other one over there? Atomic Habits. And Seems clear. Yeah. And you know what? It just depends on the personality because some of these books are very dry. Some are, you know, very humorous. Um, other ones, they just relate to, I mean, it depends if I'm coaching a young woman or a gentleman or someone older, what book I might put them into to sort of get them thinking along those lines. Because I need them to resonate with the message. Mm -hmm. The message is kind of the same in a lot of ways if you've kind of started to figure that out. But everyone delivers it just slightly differently. Mm -hmm. So folks, if Jeff delivers this message in a way that you really like, like he said, he's got his website, he's on Instagram, he's on Facebook, he's probably that not that hard to find. Once he emailed me, I didn't even catch his links. I just Googled his name and boom, everything came up. So it was like, <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> See, I really got in touch with me. So please um, stay safe, be kind, and know that this too shall pass. Life is a pendulum. Life are, are, you know, everything swings back and forth and we are just kind of caught up on an up or a down or upswing, whichever way you want to look at it. We're just on a swing right now, but it will correct itself. I'm hoping a lot of good comes out of this for the world at large. And if your life personally is needing a bit of a helping hand, reach out, find yourself a coach to work with that you can relate to and that can walk you through some of this. Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It has been an absolute pleasure. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. And the universe makes no mistakes. So we're, we're meant to be here for a reason. And I'm, I'm hoping that my message, you know, can, can affect one person. And if it impacts one person, they want to reach out to me and my door is always open to anyone. Excellent. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. 
You can also join the discussion on Twitter at Living Well with Shell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash Living Well with Shell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through Shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan. <laughs>